Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to advance in leadership, then this podcast is for you. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, and Monique Marquez, senior corporate leader, ex-Googler, and diversity expert. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Barriers. I'm Monica, and I'm coming to you today to talk about Hispanic Heritage and Hispanic Heritage Month. I'm getting a lot of questions from individuals um, because we are celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month, who are starting to ask me questions around, hey, what's the difference between Hispanic, Latino, and Latinx? Well, today I thought I would take the time to have that conversation because I've had it quite a bit and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna share this with our audience. So <clears throat> for this, for those of you who are listening, um, I'm also going to be sharing some slides, so I would encourage you to tune in to our Beyond Barriers YouTube channel or our LinkedIn Live or you know go to our sites and find that information because some of the slides are actually going to be very helpful, but I will talk through them and make sure that everybody um, can understand and get an idea what it means and the, the, the small nuances between Hispanic, Latino, and now the new terminology of Latinx. So <clears throat> I'm going to start sharing the slides. And for those of you who are listening, I'll be sure that I'm describing these so that you can also have a visual. But first, I want to begin with sharing with you all what is Hispanic Heritage Month and really talking about what is the theme this year. And every year, um, the, the U.S. government, one of the offices, releases a brand new theme. And this year it is Esperanza a celebration of Hispanic heritage and hope. And this year's theme really is here to invite us all to celebrate Hispanic heritage, but also reflect on, you know, the resiliency we have all shown over the course of the last 18 months, two years, where we've gone through a pandemic and we've been extremely resilient, but also the resiliency of our people over the decades, over the centuries, as we've migrated to the U.S. and adopted you know, and acculturated to, to U.S. and become a very rich, beautiful um, community. But it's also thinking about how can we continue to um, add value and create a beautiful future? And then most importantly, that we're stronger together. And we've seen it over the past 18, 24 months of how we've all come together and helped one another out, out um, and just lifted each other up. So let's start with a little bit about what exactly is Hispanic Heritage Month? When did it start? Why do we celebrate it, etc. So we kick off September 15th. And I've gotten the question all the time of why the middle of the month? Why is Hispanic Heritage Month middle of the month going into October? Well, really because the celebration is coinciding with a lot of celebrations around Independence Days for many of our Latin American countries. So it kicked off September 15th with Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, all celebrating their Independence Day. Then, of course, yesterday was 16 de Septiembre, which is Mexico's Independence Day. And 
On the 18th, tomorrow, will be Chile's Independence Day, followed with Belize on September 24th. So as you can see, it made much more sense to kick off in the middle of the month to celebrate all of the amazing Spanish-speaking countries' um, Independence Days. Now, <clears throat> it was first recognized in 1968 by Congress as Hispanic, Hispanic Heritage Week. And it was under Lyndon B. Johnson that he recognized it and made it official. But then it expanded to an entire month in 1988 with President Reagan. And it was all because we realized how broad and beautiful the diaspora of the Hispanic and Latino community was and realized that there were so much, so many more things that we needed to recognize about it. So we made it an entire month. So that's a little bit of history around the Hispanic Heritage Month. But the other question that I get constantly, and even sometimes myself when I was younger, wasn't quite sure how to identify. So the big question, what's the difference between Hispanic, Latino, and now Latinx? I'm gonna break it down to you with you and <clears throat> really kind of share with you how the terminology came about from a historical perspective. And then at the end of the day, you know, how do you use it? So first and foremost, Hispanic. The term Hispanic first appeared in the 1970s. It was started, it was started, it was basically um, at the, it, it was basically a term that Mexican American and other heritage organizations, they lobbied for the federal government to collect more data on the population. Because back then historically, everybody was lumped together and the Hispanic or the Latino culture was thought to be just Mexican and Puerto Rican. And the, there were lots of organizations that were saying there is so much more to this community, you need to do more. So it was the US Congress passed a law in 1976 mandating the collection of information about the US residents and you know who were Puerto Rican, Mexican, Cuban, Central American, South American, and other Spanish-speaking country of origin. So that is the key. Hispanic really refers to the descendants of Spanish-speaking countries. But there's a flaw with that. If you can see, you know, <clears throat> there's a flaw with that. There's 21 plus Spanish-speaking countries. Um, but there were other people in the US who really identified with the Hispanic ethnicity and, but they didn't necessarily speak Spanish. So that was Brazil. And in some cases, the Philippines, F Filipinos. So then you started having people start, you know, resisting the word Hispanic. So in the 1990s, there was a lot more resistance around the term because one, it embraced a strong connection with Spain and they really wanted to be much more inclusive. So the alternative term Latino, uh, presented itself. And in 1997, you started seeing Latino appear on all government publications. Now, that is when the two terms started being used interchangeably. And Latinos, again, appeared on the 2000 census. And that's when a lot of the questions started coming as to, you know, the race and ethnicity and why is it Hispanic and Latino. But as you can see, the Latino was more inclusive because it was truly trying to include the descendants of the people of Latin America. 
and South America. So if you look at the map, and for those of you who are listening, go to YouTube and, and see the video, but look at the map and you can see where it was more inclusive of all of the various different countries that didn't necessarily maybe speak Spanish. They had some um, individuals that spoke Spanish, but they were in that geographical continent. And so that is the key is when you're talking about Latino, it's a little bit more inclusive, but then of course it's not perfect because it excludes Spain. It excludes other countries that don't necessarily sit within the Central and South American region. So that's why most people will say Hispanic and Latino because they're just trying to be much more inclusive. Then later, more recently in the last decade, we've seen Latinx pop up. And it's popped up, it's emerged as a more inclusive, gender neutral, pan-ethnic alternative to Hispanic and Latino. And it, it's appeared over a decade ago, but it really got substantial rise in its use after June 2016, when the shooting at the Pulse nightclub, the LGBTQ dance club in Orlando, Florida, where it was hosting its Latin night and was, you know, that was the date of the attack. And we started seeing a lot of individuals who were identifying as the Latinx community who were our, part of our LGBTQ familia, um, but we're also Latino. And so when you think of the language Latino, we all, you know, for many, if you don't know this, any words that end in O have a very masculine connotation and any words that end in A have a feminine connotation to them, association. And for those individuals who are gender neutral, non-binary, Latino, Latina wasn't something that they were identifying with. So Latin X, the letter X replaced the O or the A. So hence, now you have Latin X. Now, the interesting piece is, is there's been lots of research done and only 23% of U.S. adults identify as Hispanic or Latino. Um, only 23%, apologies, have ever heard of the word Latinx because it is re relatively new. And only 3% actually use it to identify, but it is gaining a lot of, of um, popularity with younger generations because they feel more of an affinity to the Latinx terminology. And it is getting used a whole lot more because in 2018, it became part of, it became a word in the dictionary because of its, of its use. And it's something that is here to stay as more and more individuals leverage Latinx to identify themselves. What if you could pinpoint the invisible ceilings limiting your success? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers so you can take action and gain unstoppable momentum to advance as a future-ready leader. Well, that's exactly what the Beyond Barriers quiz will help you discover. You'll get your personalized score based on the 25 essential elements proven to accelerate success in the digital age, so you can understand what's holding you back and where to focus your efforts. The Beyond Barriers quiz is completely free and takes just a few minutes. Go to imbeyondbarriers.com slash quiz and take the quiz today. Now, you're probably saying, okay, but when or how do I use each term? And they've done extensive research. The Pew, um, you know, the, uh, there have been lots of research and the Pew studies have showed that Hispanic or Latino, most people don't care. They interchange it. They go back and forth. But 
among those who do care, Hispanic is preferred. And it may be because Hispanic was the first term that was used back in the early 70s or introduced back in the early 70s. But 51% of Hispanic and Latinos say that most of them use their country of origin. So when I introduce myself a lot of times, I say, hello, my name is Monica. And if people really, you know, if, if they're asking me my identity, I say, I'm Mexican-American Latina. So it is that country of origin where you may be Mexicana, Cuban, Puerto Rican, Dominican, Colombian, you name it. It's, it's any one of those 21 plus countries that uh, fall within the Hispanic and Latino um, umbrella. Now, 24% say they use the term um, Hispanic or Latino most often because it's just, it's just something that they know. And, but what we're starting to see in the younger generations is especially um, when you, you know, you are second or third generation, um, you know, Latino or Hispanic, um, you're starting to see individuals say that they are American most often, which makes sense because, you know, if you're not first generation, if your grandparents or parents were foreign born and, you know, you were first generation, you still may say I'm Mexicana and there's there's just a stronger tie to that country of origin. But as you kind of are further removed in the degrees of generation, you may just say I'm American. It's all I know. I'm third degree. I'm fourth degree. So more and more individuals are now just identifying as American. Um, and, you know, that their ethnicity is that is just what they they find much more uh, of an affinity to. So it's important to really think about, you know, how do you use them or how do you even address somebody? But the rule of thumb is that it's a personal choice. It's, you know, we have to respect what each individual identifies at and, you know, be have that mutual respect that you identify a certain way, another may identify a certain way, um, and you kind of meet everybody where they're at. But always be curious to understand why, because you start learning more and more about that individual and their journey and you know their ancestry and their heritage. So that's the important thing. So when people you know talk to me, I always think about never judge a book by its cover, because many of you listen to our podcast, you go and you follow us on LinkedIn or on Facebook, and you know me as you know Monica, a DEI expert who, you know, it used to be um, a senior corporate leader who's now an entrepreneur and a co-founder of Beyond Barriers. But if you don't really start, get, you know, digging deeper and you judge a book by its cover, you would never know that, you know, um, I am a proud Mexican-American lesbian Latina who is Catholic, celebrated her quinceanera, was, you know, in a pageant, am a speaker, was a radio show host, now a podcast, you know, host, first generation college. There's just so much to individuals that you can't just label them with one label. You have to be open to have that conversation and get to know somebody. Go beyond, below kind of that, that um, water level when you think of an iceberg, right? The tip of the iceberg is just a 10% view of what that person is. The visible diversity of that person. The invisible diversity, the dimensions of diversity that person has is something that you've got to dive in a little deeper and get to know someone. So as you celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month, 
celebrate and honor the rich heritage and the, the broad diaspora of the Hispanic and Latino people and make room for black and indigenous Latinos because they sometimes feel excluded because we have to remember we have our Afro-Latinos and individuals that from you know, just your, your limited frame of reference may not realize that these individuals are from a Hispanic or Latino country or Spanish speaking themselves. So be curious and do your research. Google now, <laughs> you have all this information at the tip of your fingers, um, but discover the Hispanic American history and understand the diaspora of how people migrated and why you have such a beautiful spectrum of Latinos who were light-skinned and dark-skinned. I always say, think of the Hispanic Latino culture like music, like the Latin music that you hear. Listen for those nuances in the melody, listen for those different rhythms that make you move. But we all know that there's a difference in that music and understand that it also represents people and the, and the different cultures within the Hispanic and Latino umbrella. So I say, let the music play and celebrate all year long. It's not just a month. We need to celebrate and embrace one another all year long and do that. So those are best practices because remember, we are an inclusive familia. We are so much more than one story, one skin tone. We aren't just one big umbrella identity. We are 61 million people with over 21 different cultures. We're a beautiful combination of Black, Asian, white, indigenous, Middle Eastern, mixed race. We are Mexican, Cuban, Puerto Rican, we are Colombian, but we are also gay, trans, non-binary, and so much more. But we are beautiful. So remember, we are just one human race and we need to celebrate those differences, but we are one, we are Latino, we are Hispanic. So I hope that helps you understand the difference between the Hispanic, Latino, Latinx question, the million dollar question, but I also hope it opens your eyes as to all of the different things that are happening during Hispanic Heritage Month and that we all need to just open our, our frame of reference, be open to learning and being curious and doing the research and having those conversations. And the one thing I will say to my fellow Latinos, when someone asks you, what are you or where are you from? Let's pause for a moment and not take offense to that, but let's use that as a teachable moment to create the awareness, to let people know that we aren't just one big umbrella Share the uniqueness of who you are, where your ancestry came from, because if it's not you who helps teach and create that, that awareness, then who? So don't ever knock someone down for asking that question. I say make it a teachable moment. And I hope that you enjoyed this, this um, episode and learned a little bit of how to celebrate our Hispanic History and Heritage Month. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.